Welcome, listener, to the Hall of Champions. In this grand library are epic tomes of many warriors and their exploits in the ring. Listen along as Jeremy and Lusas recount some of the greatest battles that deems them worthy to be in the Hall. Without further ado, here are your hosts. Welcome back, Fabeful. We've missed you. I am your host, Jeremy. And as always, with me is my co-host, The Sauce. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Um, it's been a it's been a crazy week. It seemed like, wow, all this stuff has happened today, and it's only Tuesday, and now we're in Thursday, and we're <laughs> finally recording. Like we've had a lot of weird storms, kind of like preventing us from recording this week. Uh, but it felt like an omen. It felt like some omens type stuff. And like this fourth episode wasn't going to come out. I really felt like the drag of the week. Right, right. And, and you know, sure enough, we persevered and it's uh, it's now Thursday and <laughs> we're just ready to get down to this. We've been uh, talking about this uh, episode for a while. Yeah. I mean, we haven't teased it necessarily, but I think just us together have been really wanting to do this. And like, it's another heavy hitter, um, superstar, uh, man, great, great guy. He recently made some, uh, some waves. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows, but time is really weirdly irrelevant in, uh, the hall of champions. Like we said, Thursday, it's not Thursday when you're listening to this, but also last week is next week. This week is, uh, last week. Um, yeah, I mean, I like you got out. You got out of the time suck, but I was I've been here. I've I've gone literally insane inside the Hall of Champions. Like you got to leave and wrestle. Right, right, right. Well, well here at the Hall of Champions though, you know, like time is a construct. So there's no sense of time here. Mm-hmm. And uh so when you're stuck here, it's like we don't age. Yeah. We don't we don't grow older, we don't get sicker. We, don't, we just stay here and we uh preserve the Fabe. In, indeed, <laughs> so indeed, yeah. Uh, Fabe Maldehyde, I think, is is the, uh, is the what's in the air. That's a good term, yeah. Very good term. I, 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 think, I think that's the best way to describe it, how, how, how it keeps us young. And Marty, too. Like, Marty's like, Marty's like, what, how old? Like, five or something? Well, okay, Fabe's eight months. Fabie's eight months, but I mean, like, yeah, he he looks just like like we've got to post pictures of Marty uh, in some in some ring gear or something in your ring gear um, because I think he would end up being a favorite uh, after that episode after uh, last week's episode. I really think like Marty's gonna start becoming like one of the uh, favorites in the Fabiverse, and uh, yeah, it, it's probably picking up on the mic right now. Like you can hear him like <laughs> rustling the blinds. Lick it himself. Like, yeah, like, come on, man. You were just chilling on the couch yeah. just a while ago. Just, it's like, just Dad, what cool. are you doing? Where's yeah. where's my bone? Where's that tool you always bribe me with? <laughs> right. Well, it's a f- well, it's in fact, I got this single chair that I sit mm-hmm. in to record, and he can't fit up here, so, uh, so I'm not on the yeah. couch with him. So he's just more like, I need you. I need you next <laughs> exactly. to me right now, at all costs. At all costs, exactly. or my world's going to end. Man, and you need to get him like a like, thunder vest, like for this sort of thing. So you know, right? It's not really just anxiety. He just likes to just likes to be next to me. I think because he's still in puppy mode. 
Uh, even though he's like, he's like giant now, but you know, uh, you know, puppy mode's a weird thing. Cause it's like some days he's just, he's just, you know, the greatest dog in the world. And then other days I want to, you know, uh, fucking give him a neck breaker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about you. Damn. He looked right at me when I said that shit. Anyway, <laughs> he said, I'm sorry, dad, I'm in puppy mode, but I dig Right. Yeah, I digress. (laughs) All right. So let's uh, let's get to it. First of all, let's uh, let's just shout out our fans real quick. Let's also shout out our wonderful sponsor, Tula Mics, who we are recording on these wonderful microphones. Um, As we said last week, uh, Natalia, you're wonderful. Thank you so much for being behind us throughout this entire thing. Um, Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, You got anything coming up, Robert? Uh, The sauce? (laughs) Oh no! Uh, coming up, yeah, I got a couple of dates coming up in in uh, uh, Edinburgh, Texas, which is going to be uh, April sixteenth in Edinburgh, Texas, which is Rio Grande Valley. Uh, I'll be out there for Amazing Pro Wrestling. Uh, they're having me back out there. Great guys. Uh, I'm competing for the open weight championship. So uh, and it's a triple threat. I'm not sure who the other two guys are, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Old Total Pimp. Uh, Total Pimp, I've met before. Uh, the other guy, do not know. You hear Marty? Marty's just going crazy. On the couch. Marty. I'm sorry, guys. Marty's just like. I'm gonna I wish it was like Janetti. I wish his last name was Janetti right now. Yeah, He'd just get good. lost. <laughs> <laughs> He's even like, I have suddenly come attracted to a girl. I thought it was my daughter. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I killed a guy behind a bowling alley once. <laughs> so yeah, I got amazing pro wrestling coming up, and then I also have uh, uh, April twenty third for Texas Roughhouse Wrestling again. Me and the me and the guys call it in the ring crew. We're gonna be at Harley Davidson in Bedford, Texas. Uh, they're gonna have like live music. I think there's like a six thousand dollar giveaway. Uh, and, uh, we got some great matches lined up and I saw some of your gear for that, man. Like you've been showing me pictures, like previews of the gear. Phenomenal. I thought like the, uh, I thought the 420 gear was great. This stuff is like amazing. Shout out Sergio, man. Like he really does you guys right. Oh yeah. Sergio is great. And then, uh, uh, the newest single I, I, I showed you today. Um, that one was kind of weird. Like, uh, Sergio is just like, Hey, this guy about your size, you know, he got this singlet, but he didn't like it. So he didn't want it because I think it might fit you. I was like, all right, cool. I tried it on and it fit good. He's like, yeah, I'll just put your name on it and then it's yours. So <laughs> like, all right, cool. So I got a, I got a singlet for singles, for singles wrestling. So nice. Um, is, is, yeah. is that like a weird thing? Like, I mean, is, is there like a superstition? Like, is there any sort of superstition attached to that? Like he didn't wrestle in it. But like it was made for right. him, like. But your name is on it, so like it's yours. But like, is there any, like I don't know. I I feel like there's a weird superstition superstition attached, possibly. Uh, that's a, that's a good question. That's a really good question because like yeah, you know what? I should have thought about that. Like, did but he I try it on? <laughs> no, I don't think he tried it on because that guy was in another city. Okay. So what I think it was something that happened that he didn't like the design or something like that. It like I so. I kind of like 
what is the style of that thing? It looks kind of Dragon Ball Z-ish to me. It's like this orange kind of block geometric design. It's kind of cool. Like, like I kind of like that aesthetic with geometric shapes and just kind of like a pop of color kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that kind of, that's kind of sweet. So, um, yeah, if you, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, I'll post pics. I'll post pics on my Facebook uh Twitter, I don't really use a lot, but I'll probably post it on Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, know. you can throw those to me. And also, like, I mean, you know, even it, Robert's now an ad. Uh, the Sauce is now an admin of the uh, Keepers of the Fave oh, Facebook right. group. Also, thank shout out to y'all. Never mind. I'll post it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, thank you for like, liking the page because, like. It was kind of weird. It's just like we had 20 people and then all of a sudden like in a day. The growth, man. I mean, that's all that's all due to you. And like, I think all your friends that uh, that you work with, that you've uh, you've wrestled with and just like fans of yours that like have kind of gravitated towards the page. Like I was looking at some of the metrics and like it's weird because like, you know, like you said, we were down to like we were like at 20 something. And then just to see, like, you know, it go up to like we're almost at 100. We're like at, at the time of this taping, we're at like 80 something. I think, but like to see the percentage of that and like the spike, it's like, uh, just Facebook, like the, the Facebook, like analytics go like, oh yeah, no, you're up like 3000% from, you know, this time last week. And I'm like, wow, those numbers are great. Like we could just easily Scientology inflate those numbers and say, you know, our growth is up 3000%, you know, within a certain period. (laughs) That's very productive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hail Zenu. That's crazy. I don't I don't understand that shit. You know what I'm saying? And and then the fact it's just like, wow, we got that many likes in that quick, you know? And then uh like my 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 tag partner, Avon, mm-hmm. Avon's very like when he posts a video or he posts a promo for his match, and he's very big on making sure he has a promo for every show he goes to. Yeah, y'all were you were uh, talking about that. He, like you were like I, I had seen some of your stuff, like some of your uh your Snapchat, like I think, and it was like just you, you taking a picture of the guy shooting Avon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Through the phone and then zooming in on Avon. I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're just having memories here. But yeah, Avon's really got me in the habit now. Like, just uh, cut a good promo for you know, uh, you know, uh, you know. It helps the promoter. It helps people get in the door. It helps the show. Yeah, I mean, know, it's it's uh, all advertising, man. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you know, wrestlers out there, hey man, e- even if they don't ask for it, cut a promo. Ask your bookers, like, hey, if I'm going to this match, is there anything you want me to say? Do like this. Uh, the object of you going to another promotion, like even if it's your first time going there or anything like that, it's really to help. They're they're hiring you to help. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming in from out of town, it's just like, hey, you know, what can I do to help to help this show get bigger? For yeah. You? you know, so, you know, they see that effort. It's like, it's know, like in it, comedy, like the equivalent of like a bringer show, but like you guys like bring people and then you like beat the shit out of each other. Like comics right, don't do that, right. but <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish we would like, there have been some people on yeah. some bills that I'm like, man, if only, if only I could body slam this guy, if only there was some sort of stipulation. Right. Right. Which we could do that. <laughs> I digress. Yeah, That's yeah. a that was a long time ago for me. I don't I, I don't I don't really do the comedy anymore. I mean, it, this is this is my life now. I have dedicated myself to the Hall of Champions. And uh, speaking of champions, 
Um, let's go Speaking ahead. Of which you need to clean your room. Indeed, you need to clean your. You need to clean your. Uh, your your section. What are you, Jordan? I got Jordan Peterson hanging everywhere. <laughs> Jordan Peterson, you can clean your room, Bucko. Can't can't be in this hall if you're if 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 it isn't clean. I I I really don't know what you're doing in here. <laughs> it's my Jordan Peterson. Oh, uh, Jordan Peterson. But so which which section of the hall are we at today? Um, we are in a very chilly and stony area, um, because the champion we are covering today is none other than Stone Cold. Steve Austin. All right, so Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, name, Stephen James Anderson slash Williams. Uh, this was a weird thing that I kind of, like, I mean, I don't know which is his real name, but uh, born December 18th, 1964 in Victoria, Texas. Uh, 6'2", weighing in at 257 pounds. Um we're going to be talking about the WWE uh, version of Stone Cold here. Um, so, I mean, his debut was in September of uh, September 30th, 1989. Uh, he made his WWE, WWF debut as the ringmaster in 96 um, as the Million Dollar Man's Million Dollar Champion. Sorry, Virgil. Um, and later that year, he... Uh, Creative kind of let him run free, and he uh, came up with the Stone Cold gimmick that we know and love. And I don't, uh, I've got a little bit of trivia here for you, Sauce. Um, I don't know if you knew this. Do you know? Oh, I love trivia. I love okay, trivia. you love trivia. Let's call it. Do you know how he got his let's name? Call it um, where where Stone Cold came from? Oh, from the Brian Bosworth movie Stone Cold. Am I right? I really wish I really wish it was that cool. It wasn't, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. It wasn't not. Um, actually, the name was prompted by his then wife Jeannie. I believe that was his first wife, maybe his second. Uh, told him to drink his cup of tea before it became stone cold. The name was inspired by his wife and this, you know, penchant for drinking, you know, hot tea. Um, the uh, the persona, this stone cold killer type, just ruthless fella, was inspired by the serial killer, the Iceman, Richard Kuklinski. Uh, Kuklinski, I think. Kuklinski. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's where the that's where the cold demeanor came from. The cold name came from his ex wife. Um, this really feels like a divorced dad wrestler. If you think about it. That is true. It's like, yeah, divorced dad in their tidy whities uh, you know, frying eggs in the morning. Yeah, yeah, uh, looking like, uh, you know, Millhouse's dad. Exactly. I sleep in a truck bed. What about you? <laughs> I sleep with my wife. Another little interesting fact here. Uh, after watching the movie Pulp Fiction with Bruce Willis, uh, he said the haircut inspired me. I was traveling the road uh, to Pittsburgh with Dustin Rhodes, and before I went to the show, I said, "Fuck it." Uh, we went to the bathroom with the razor blade, and I shaved all my hair off. He'd been battling a lot of like male pattern baldness, and like, I mean, you can even see it like in Stunning Steve, like when he had the short hair, it was like the forehead oh, yeah, yeah. was kind of up, like the hairline was kind of receding, and 
You know, he grew the goo. It don't goatee. matter. He still look good. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, we're, 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 we're talking about WWE here, but him and him and Brian Pillman, man. I mean, the Hollywood blondes, that was a fantastic, right, that was a right. great looking team. That was a great looking tag team. Much like Los Crudos. Shout out you guys. Y'all are a great looking team. We are. I totally agree. I'm speaking yeah. for Avon also. He doesn't like me to speak for him. I'm yeah. speaking for him right now. I mean, so Avon doesn't him. speak for himself enough. Right. Seems like. No, he does. <laughs> yeah. His uh, his fighting style was uh, was mainly a technical wrestler. Like with the uh, ringmaster gimmick, he was basically like a very solid technical wrestler and Steve Austin just his entire career up to that point he was known as a technical wrestler but uh there was a you know the the famous neck injury the pile driver neck injury from Owen Hart rest in peace uh pivoted him to more of a brawler type style you know as i said he debuted in 96 his final match was at WrestleMania uh, 19 versus the rock which um which- We'll, That's we'll, we'll my get it. We'll get it. Favorite WrestleMania. That's your favorite WrestleMania. That is my favorite WrestleMania. That that because that That's a match, pretty damn the, good one. The Stone Cold Rock match, uh, mm-hmm. Brock and Kurt, uh, the tag match with the Guerreros and the World's Greatest Tag Team. Oh, shit, oh yeah, that was good. Uh, uh, Jazz and Lita and Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the matches are solid in that. Yeah, in the the arena that does great. Anyway, yeah. Oh. Final okay. match was a great match for Stone Cold. Yeah, and um, there's uh, there's something coming up involving WrestleMania that we'll get to, but let's run down those accomplishments. Um, six-time WWF champion, three-time Intercontinental champion, four-time tag team champion with Shawn Michaels, Dude Love, Undertaker, and Triple H. Uh, we'll be talking about him in a little bit. He was the first and only million-dollar champion. Once again, sorry, wrestling superstar Virgil. Three-time Royal Rumble winner king of the ring in 1996 and that was the birth of the austin 316 promo and basically the full stone cold like the entire fully developed gimmick was that promo and it's so iconic it's wonderful like there's one guy on his way out and there's one guy on his way up and i mean it's something to behold if you have not seen the stone cold you know the austin 316 promo at least this year uh check it out it's always worth a watch fifth ever WWE Triple Crown Champion, which means he held like a singles title. He held the, uh, you know, another, you know, specialty singles title and uh, he was a tag champion. Um, The Miz loves to talk about that stuff like it matters. (sighs) Get out of here, Mike. 2009 WWE Hall of Fame inductee and a uh, 2016 Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame inductee as well. And that's, uh, that's the rundown on what he uh what his career was basically the greatest hits of his career um accolades and such currently he's a media personality podcaster actor beer maker um have you had the stone cold ipa by any chance the broken skull ipa yeah i'm not really a big drinker anymore um but yeah we'll have a beer once in a while and um avon is the one that he's the connoisseur so he's always trying to find this because it's like always hard to find uh it's always, like apparently it's just very hard to find. It's always sold out. So when he gets a six pack, he he tries to get as many as he can, and then uh, yeah, there's been a couple times. Yeah, it was just like oh yeah, we try it. It's it's a uh, it's good stuff. 
it's good stuff. Not to put him over. He's already over with the shit, but it's good yeah, stuff. I got to get me some of that. And most recently seen, as I said, you know, WrestleMania is going to come back. He was the guest of honor at the Kevin Owens show, WrestleMania edition. And Wait, uh, we all kind of know what happened there. Which is probably like the best thing I've seen in pro wrestling in probably years. It's It's been a minute. It was it was fantastic. That was an amazing match to return to. The buildup, um, man, Owens was... Owens was doing some really great heel stuff with that. Oh, he's incredible like, on the mic. Yeah, and he uh, he proved it in that promo before the before the match starts. He proves that right there in that promo that he is he is at that good, and he's there. WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, and he solidified that. So it's just like, and he's one of those guys like like you know coming up when I started wrestling like '99. He's one of those guys that I noticed and I watched, you know, because he's around my age and I've watched him since the beginning, you know, and I've always been like a big, big, uh, big admirer of his. And so uh, to see him come up like, wow, he's a, he's there, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's fucking and great. his gimmick changed not one bit. I no. just think like the shorts and like maybe the sleeveless T-shirt. Right, right. Even earlier in his career, he was just wearing just a singlet, and then he just kind of just evolved from there. But uh, Kevin Owens is a shit. Yeah, I uh, I always clowned on like his uh, his ring attire. Like the only way I can describe his ring attire to anyone who doesn't watch wrestling is like, you ever see a guy that has custody of his kids at like an apartment pool? That's a good description. It's like he's just in that sleeveless shirt and his like basketball shorts, and it's like he's got a four year old with him, and he's just having to be at the pool. Right, and he has a Dodge Charger. Yeah, he's uh, he basically it's just weekend dad at the pool attire for uh, Kevin Owens. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a ten year old Dodge Charger that he's paying thirty thousand on. <laughs> oh man, he's in so much debt. He's yeah, he's in so much debt, but he's like, I gotta go to the bar. I mean, he he. He could have a nicer car and like move out of that apartment, but um, he just really loves that Dodge Charger and going to the bar. He really loves like revving it in the Buffalo mm-hmm. Wild Wings parking lot. A lot of guys back home like that. I, right. I, I remember. He does go over there and shotgun a hot wing, you know? Just fucking crack the bones and snort it up your nose. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, that that match, like I mean, what did you what did you think of the match? Oh the match itself, it's it's it's, you know everything was in the buildup in the story, so that the match itself it's 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 great because you're invested in it, and when you're invested in it, it's just you know even if it's all kicking and punching and just kind of brawling around everywhere, you're you're yeah. invested because it's just entertaining to you. It doesn't necessarily have to be any kind of thing fancy or anything. As long as they feel like the hits are real, then it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's gonna work, and so of course it's gonna play great because you got like. You know, Stone Cold is one of the best brawlers. You know, that that's his M.O. Mm-hmm. Like, even going back in some of these matches that we reviewed for Stone Cold, his M.O. is like taking him through the crowd and just beating shit out of people. And, oh, <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, it's like, he can, he can make that look good all day long. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and if, he's, if he's partnered with somebody that, like, really, really sells it and really can, like, go toe-to-toe with him, like, blow for blows and just great spots like i mean you have one hell of a match and that was a great match that was a great example of you know stone cold working with somebody that you know wanted to work with him and really wanted to tell a great story and the the other great thing of it too is i love in the promo part uh stone cold's like 
dead stare when when Owen said something that insulted him and he just kind of turned his head and just stared at him. And mm-hmm. it kind of looked like that, you know, when uh, when you're in church and you're making too much noise and your mom turns around and looks at you. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, stares daggers she's like, at I'm you. I'm about to whoop your ass in the car. <laughs> it's like we can't do it. It's that's, the house of the Lord. But when we get when we get to the car, that's the stare. That's on. the stare Stone Cold had. So <laughs> that was that was probably the best part of all of WrestleMania. <laughs> was like the stare. And it was just like, oh, that's yeah. great. I was like, that's great. He's gonna light him up. And so it was good. Yeah. It was a great. It was a great match. I mean, he's he still has that glare about him. Just like he can do that. Like he can just recall that like that signature glare of his. Like at a moment's notice, and you know you're in for it. Right, right, and yeah. All in all, man, that um, that was really exciting to see that at, at WrestleMania. So yeah. It was cool. Sweet, sweet. Uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about. Like, I mean, there was a, we mentioned him up earlier at the at the top uh, during those accomplishments, uh, tag championships, Triple H. Recently, there was a clip that resurfaced. Uh, a fan attacked Stone Cold in uh, Germany at a house show. And Triple H came to his aid. I mean, like, it was one of those things, like, Stone Cold kind of had, like, he explained he kind of had to take it just because it was like, match was over. And... You know, it it was just one of those things he couldn't break. Like he couldn't break Fabe. It was just a crazy thing that happened, and he just had to lay lay there and take it. But Triple H, I'm watching it now. Just belly to backs this guy and just starts pounding on him. Oh, and uh, ooh, that that clip is only a minute. Well, I mean, the the version I'm watching is like a minute and a half long. But man, Triple H and like the ref really lay into this guy, and it is something like. He explained like that was just the the way things happen. Like, has that ever happened to you at like a show? Like a, a rabid fan like jumps over the barricade. I broke count at least five times that's happened. Yeah, it, we got to get into those. Yeah, like, it's like I don't, I don't like. like yeah, because like I I don't want to get too into them. But one of them did involve mm-hmm. a motherfucker having a knife. So, Woo! so we'll get into that later. But. Yes, it yeah. happens. What's it, what, what's also great? If you look up all these videos about uh, fans running into the ring, the majority uh-huh. of them is the ref fucking up the fan. You know, and the, yeah. that's just it. Everybody thinks it's just the ref because you know they see the ref barely get hit by a wrestler. They like pass out and they're knocked out, right? But uh-huh. you know, all refs are trained like wrestlers too. Yeah. So they're there and they're there to defend themselves too. So if you see some of these videos where fans rushing in and the ref gets there first, the ref's doing their job, but the ref will fuck mm-hmm. somebody up. <laughs> so it's, it's great to see. It's really great to see. And you'll see some little guys do some little refs. Like it was a, a Pee Wee Anderson from WCW, man, uh-huh. I've seen him fuck somebody up. It was great. Charles Robinson. Yeah. Charles. Also yeah. little Nate. Yep. I've seen him. Um, uh, Hebner, I've seen Hebner like fucking kick a dude in the face. Oh man, Hebner's a legend, dude. Like, we, I, I feel like we could do an episode on Hebner. Right, right. It feels like something, something we could like, because he's just got like such a storied history of like every time I saw that guy, like in a match, like when he was calling a match, like when he was officiating a match, I knew it was something huge. Like Hebner just added this prestige that like. He's at all the big moments. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it just... He's at all the big moments. Like, it just made it official. Right, right. No pun intended. He's like Mills Lane. Yeah. Um. I mean, that was a... That clip was mentioned because uh, 
as as everyone knows, uh, Triple H retired recently. And uh, thank you for thank you. Thank you for everything, Triple H. Uh, we were talking um, a while back about like just the entrances, the epic WrestleMania entrances of Triple H. And how we could do an episode on those, like just ranking those. Oh, yeah, yeah. We definitely need to power rank the entrances and it just Triple H entrances. And it's almost mm-hmm. it's almost like the video, like, you know, WWE video games. Like when I when yeah. I used to play, I used to just rate them on how good the Triple H entrance looks in the game. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a we got a power rank. We got a power rank. Yeah, we got a power rank the entrances in, in a future one. I think we got to do it like by sledgehammers. It only feels right. right. I'll give this five sledgehammers. For the king of kings, five sledgehammers to the nuts. I think uh, Triple H is uh, is going to end up being discussed a little bit more. But uh, why don't you say we take a little break? Uh, hear a word from our sponsors, and uh, we get into your match. What do you say, Robert? Hey, I'm good with that. The smoke of blunt, and then we'll come back. All right, man. Maybe we'll get Marty to go to bed. This podcast has been brought to you in part by Tula Microphones. Tula was founded by David Brown, one of the founders of Soyuz Microphones, a well-respected pro audio brand used by many of the world's top engineers and artists. The Tula mic combines a USB microphone and a mobile recorder and features unique noise reduction technology from Clevgrand, a Swedish software company. This mic was designed to provide today's content creators and people working from home with an intuitive way of capturing studio quality sound without the studio. Don't compromise on sound. Get yourself a Tula now. Visit tulamics.com today. This podcast is set for two falls at a combined weight of 420 pounds. Jeremy and Robert, the keepers of the fame. All right, so No Way Out. It is a uh, 2001 No Way Out in Las Vegas. Um, this leads into uh, WrestleMania 17, which is like, you know, it was in Houston. Uh, my partner, Avon Axel, this is his uh, favorite WrestleMania ever. And it's because he was, he's, he was there. He attended it with his parents. And and then and then when they came back when they were here just a, just a couple of weeks ago in Dallas, he took his parents to WrestleMania because they took him when he was little, so he got to take him to to the this current WrestleMania that happened. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. So this is uh this is leading up to Avon Axel's favorite WrestleMania ever. So um so storylines are building here going into WrestleMania. Uh, the biggest storyline is, you know, within the past year before that, Stone Cold's been out of commission. Um, he had uh, he had a real life neck injury, but then he got kayfabe hit by a car, and uh, it turned into this infamous uh, "Who shot Jr.?" Who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, and so and so Stone Cold's out for this year. Uh, and then from there, it kind of solidifies uh, Triple H coming up into the main event scene prominently. Becoming the game. He's having a banger year. He's having yeah. like, you know, he has this feud with Mick Foley. Uh, uh, WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble 2000. That's my favorite Royal Rumble ever, but that has the Triple H Mick Foley street fight. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Triple H is, uh, Triple H gained a lot of ground. Uh and uh, kind of coming up, and he's a main eventer now. And mm-hmm. 
So so they go into the storyline, of course, uh, Rikishi is the one that hit Stone Cold. Uh, but then <laughs> later in the storyline, it was revealed that Triple H was the mastermind of it all. So, so right, right. So then, you know, Stone Cold's like, hey, I got beef. And so, <laughs> so we're, we're, uh, we're building a uh, Stone Cold has already won uh, the Royal Rumble. So he's going, he's going to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, with this, that they, they build, they build the feud as like uh, a match made out of pure hatred. And uh, yes. yeah, video, the video thing at the beginning, it's really funny. I, I found this call here. So like, when they're explaining the three stages of hell, so the two out of three falls match, uh, the first match is a wrestling match. Uh, the Technical second, wrestling. Right. Uh, the second one is a street fight. And then, you know, if it goes to, you know, two out of three falls, of course it's going to go to three falls, but if it goes, yeah. you know, if it goes to three falls, it's a steel cage. Um, and so what I noticed Spoiler alert! I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give out the victories real early here. <laughs> okay. But what I noticed first is like, um, uh, Triple H is the one that in the promos he's like, we'll have we're gonna have a wrestling match, and of course you know because he's more of the technical wrestler, so he's the one yeah. calling that. Uh, the cerebral assassin Cold, and such. Right, and then Stone Cold he said something like, "Nobody's gonna pe- beat me in a street fight." And so mm. he kind of calls in like that's going to be my match, but they, yeah, but then they they don't really say what they say about the cage, so you kind of yeah. don't know which way it's going to go, mm-hmm. you know. And then in the actual match, uh, the actual match goes in there. Uh, just to give away the spoiler before I even talk about what what happens in the match, but uh, Stone Cold uh, Triple H is the one that's like the technical match is my match. Stone Cold won the first match. Uh, yeah. The second match, Stone Cold said, no one could beat me in a street fight. Triple H wins that match. Ah. Ah. That, was it done on purpose? I don't know. That's just what I saw. And it was pretty cool. Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> the old switcheroo. Yes. So. Misdirection. I don't know if anybody else has ever caught that. Uh, if you do, let me know. Um. Uh, I, I thought that was kind of cool. So, um, so yeah, this, so this is a, this, uh, this is going into also the pay-per-view before that. I can't remember, uh, what it was called, but that's the one where it was actually triple H versus stone cold. And that was the infamous where, uh, stone Cold's chasing triple H backstage and triple H is like hiding and he hides in a car and he, he thinks he's safe. And then stone cold picks up the car and, yeah, with the, the, like the forklift. Fork, yeah, the forklift, and he's like twenty feet in the air, and he's like, "Holy shit!" And just like the car flips anyway. So after Stone Cold tried to do attempted murder on Triple H, <laughs> he decided that's not enough. We gotta do three stages of hell. So. <laughs> That so, sentence right. after Stone Cold tries to attempted murder Triple H. I just want to sit on that for a second. It's because he didn't die. It look, it, he yeah. should have. If you see that way that car fell, he should have died. Yeah. 
So, but you know, Triple H, I mean, Vince McMahon got blown up in a car. So, you know. Yeah. So, going into this Mr. match. Mr. McMahon didn't die, though. Right. Yeah. So, it's like, what do we do? Anyway, so somehow Triple H survives being dropped from a 20 <laughs> forklift from a car. And uh, so they decide they're going to have this match, the three stages of hell. They go to the contract signing, you know, with the table and shit. And yeah, the the red like the the red rug over the over the uh, over the mat. That right, sort of thing. right. Vince is there, and they make this this deal. The contract. It's like you two can't touch each other. Uh, y'all can't wink off in the shower with each other or anything until your match. And if you do, you're going to be suspended for sixty days. Six. It's like that song, Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites. Right, right. <laughs> so so it's like, okay, I'm going to sign it. And Triple H just grabs it. And you just see him kind of like mimic. Yeah, mimic a signing. <laughs> mimic a signing. It's so cool. It's just like, okay, cool. And then he puts the clipboard down and then just like uh, uh, attacks Triple H. I mean, attacks Stone Cold. And just, yeah. uh, you know, gives him the good beating, beats the shit out of him, puts him into pedigree. And then Vince is like, what the hell's going on? You're going to be suspended for 60 days. Yeah. And then, then Triple H is like, ha, I didn't even sign it. <laughs> He's like, you morons. I didn't, I didn't even sign it. And then it's like, what? <laughs> just, and then he just like, he signs it so aggressively. <laughs> And then it's just like, and he just throws a clipboard it's like, down. It's like when you have like that pad at like the bank. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to really press down and like make an impression. It's one of those and you have to really go for it. Like, that's what that felt like. I mean, except he was missing like, you know, the pin with the chain on he it fucking, and stuff. Uh, like, he fucking gives a stunner to, to Stephanie. Getting alone. It was like, and it was like, oh, I'm going to stun your wife on top of like trying to kill you before. I'm going to physically assault your wife. Wrestling is great. <laughs> so what is what does Triple H do? He doesn't go find. Stone Cold's wife, who's, you know, yeah. in the Which building. Which Deborah at the time, right? Yeah, she's in the building, you know? And nope. he's not, he's like, I'm I'm going to go hit this bitch with a sledgehammer. But no, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, nope. but he, he ends up attacking good old JR. <laughs> oh, man. And gives him a pedigree. And JR takes it very well. And, oh, yeah. And uh, gives him the pedigree. And so now it's personal. It's personal, and so as if that's it, my friend. Yeah, if, if it wasn't before, so you son of a bitch. Right, right. <laughs> and so, uh, so it goes into this. Yeah, so it goes into this match, and uh, um, uh, going into this, it's in Vegas, which is really weird because a year before that, uh, there's a pay per view ba- uh, fully loaded. Mm-hmm. Right. And their gimmick was like roll the dice and all that yeah. stuff. And it wasn't very uh, 
all out. Right, right. AEW all out. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't in Vegas, but it was like a year ago. And then now they're in Vegas and they don't call the pay-per-view fully loaded and there's no Vegas attire or any kind of Vegas gimmick in the whole pay-per-view. It's like the uh, <laughs> WrestleMania Hollywood that they did. Yeah, yeah. Like where they really glitzed and glammed it up and now I think they're just... I don't know what they're going to do with that next year. It's going to be interesting to see if they really like lean into that like backlot brawl promo type thing they had with the West Side Story deal. You remember that? Yeah, that was cool. I liked it when they did the movie clips and stuff. So maybe they would. Yeah, bring, yeah. If they bring that back, that'd be kind of cool. I wish they'd CGI Benoit back. Right. He would. I'm gonna have to bleep that part. Well, you don't have to bleep it. You just be like, like a zombie, like a like a wrestling zombie. True. Kevin Sullivan shows up to resurrect him from the dead to fuck you know his current girlfriend. Right. <laughs> Anywho, it's evil. So anyway, where am I? Uh, so Vegas. Uh, there's no theme. Okay, it's not you, on brand. I'm gonna edit over this part. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna edit that part. Okay. I, I'm pro- I'm gonna. I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. So, uh, so we go into the match. Uh, of course, the first match, like I said, it was the the wrestling match, and uh, Stone Cold uh, has tons tons of offense in this. And, you know, I didn't time it, but the, you know, altogether, the match is like super long, but the mm-hmm. the longest part seems to be the first match because these guys yeah. go at, and it's a, it's a great fucking match. It's like, uh, just back That's and forth. It's a great exhibition of both of their skills. Yeah. And they're going full. Like their skill sets. They're going full motor. Like it's. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's cardio. It's They're like, going. Yeah. And they're great. And, and then, uh. Uh, of course, like yeah, uh, Stone Cold gets the gets the first pin, and it, it was just like uh, Triple H goes with a big flying nothing in the air, and Stone Cold yeah. kicks him, stunner, and then I don't know if the crowd kind of understood what a two out of three falls match was, mm-hmm. because like he got the pin, and then that crowd fucking went ape shit. <laughs> yeah, they were like, like that's it, fuck. it's over, and then. Cause it was, a, it was a pretty long match for that first part. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're just like fucking going crazy. And then, they, and then they're like taking a breather. And then next thing you know, it's like, Oh, they're still going. They ring the bell again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they're still going. <laughs> and so you see like people's faces. It was like, Oh, bonus wrestling, you know? And yeah, and, it's like, they're, they're just going again. Right. Right. And, uh, so, uh, so it goes into the street fight and then, uh, you know, of course, everybody, uh, both of them are going to be blade in this one. And what I didn't realize, mm-hmm. like going back to these, like, um, I do know that, uh, that I don't remember it being like so many matches where there's blood in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. It was like, oh, wow. They blood in this match too. And I'm thinking about it. God, God damn. They were, they were bleeding a lot after, after like, you know, 90, 98. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this is like uh, bloody, and they did gimmicks with the sledgehammer and everything like that, and then it turned into you know uh, a sledgehammer into was it the the pedigree and Triple H that Stone Cold said that nobody could beat me in a street fight. He beat Stone Cold in the street fight. Yeah, yeah, and uh, 
So then the cage comes down and the ominous, ominous, the ominous, 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 ominous music <laughs> plays when the cage drops. The down. like the the like the epilepsy, like the epilepsy inducing like lights. Oh my god! It's just like yeah. Weapons are still in the ring. And, you know, it's the back and forth. It's the chair shots. It's getting up on the top. I'm going to escape. Oh, pull me down. Oh, and then uh, both guys are at it. And then uh, it turns uh, into uh, barbed wire, barbed wire bat or barbed wire two by fours out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Great uh, tri- weapon. Triple H has the sledgehammer. Uh, they're both bleeding, and then uh, Stone Cold has the the barbed wire. Triple H has a sledgehammer. They're both bleeding, just standing there staring at each other, and they both run at each other, and they hit each other at the same time, and they do the little spin, and Triple H falls on top of Stone Cold, and it was counted one, two, three, and uh, what was great about this is like, you know that the this was a a big blow off to this because. After this, Triple H goes for Undertaker in that for WrestleMania yeah. 17. Uh, but what was what was what was pretty awesome about it? There was no uh, there was no gimmick at the end. There was no schmas. There was no interference. There wasn't this or that. Mm-mm. They just let those guys tell their story. And I think it was like God, it had to be yeah. like 30, 35 minutes. It was like, and the story like they kept that crowd into it the whole time. Oh, also yeah. Triple H does a scary flip bump off the off the table. Like he takes a back body drop. He spins and he like nearly misses the table, but hits like his ass cheek on the edge, and then the table breaks. And, mm-hmm. Oh man, it looked like it, that would look like it hurt, man. Uh, but but yeah, the it, so from there it goes into you know Stone Cold one uh, Triple H he'll he'll go off with the Undertaker gimmick, and then later that night yeah. the main event was um, Kurt Angle and The Rock. Uh, Kurt Angle was the champion, uh, and at the end, the Rock, the Rock wins. So, of course, that sets up WrestleMania 17, Austin and the Rock. Yeah, and then that is when Stone Cold turns heel with Vince. Yeah, in the in the big ending on that one. So this is where the the it it, it starts to trail right there. So. You know, in the same night, like Stone Cold wins, he's still the he's still gonna be the number one contender, and then The Rock wins the belt that night, and it sets up the WrestleMania main event. Yeah, so no way uh, out, man. Yeah, yeah, and and are like when they were saying it's like, oh, uh, there was like this the poll about like the top pay per views in the Attitude Era, and this was like the top. This is like top two. And up and down, like I was, I kind of watched the whole the whole show, and it was actually pretty good. There's some bangers in there, and there's some weird stuff. In oh there. yeah, and so uh, like the Trish versus Stephanie match. Yeah, uh, you know what I learned about that is that um, that was her first wrestling match. Trish's or uh, Stephanie's? Stephanie's. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, her first wrestling match, and. Uh, and they, yeah, they 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 end up working because that's the gimmick that works into Vince versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. the comatose Linda McMahon, and yeah, so you see all that, 
build from going into that. So there, I think I think this was like really popular just because it set up a lot of uh, like really cool storylines going into WrestleMania for this No Way Out. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, and all in all, I really liked it just because it was. Yeah, it was a it was a great match to let two men do their work and uh they went in and uh no gimmick at the end. They just uh they just did their work, just them two, and it blew off that it blew off a great feud for them. Yeah. It was some great storytelling, like each of those matches, and it just continued to like ramp up throughout as I watched this. Like I didn't take a lot of notes, but I just was you know, the great thing about like when we do these do these matches is like you really kind of take the lead on this and you do like a lot of the lifting and I'm just like able to watch and enjoy like the matches you bring. And I always love the matches you bring. They're great. And this one was just no exception. This was no exception. It's like, man, solid storytelling through three different types of matches and they're going full bore each time. They don't, they don't let up. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, ring cardio, their stamina. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, able to still emote and tell the story. Uh, man, it's a it's a banger. It's something to study. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check it out. <laughs> For sure. Uh, where 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 can where can we find that one? Oh, that one was on on the cock. Yeah, the cock, man. On no way out cock. on the cock. Yes, on the cock. Uh, no. NBC, please, please give us free subscriptions to the cock. No way out. On we the love cock. the cock. It's a great program. The Golden Girls, they're on the cock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Golden Girls on the cock. Knight Rider is on the cock. On the cock. I'm very upset that Night Court is not on the cock, though. I know, God. The reboot, though, will be. Much like Bel Air. Yeah. Anyway, you can find No Way Out on the cock. Yeah. Um, and with that, uh, we're going to take another break uh, and hear from a, uh, another word from our sponsors. And we'll be back right after this. Oh, hello there. You just happen to catch me restocking the Hall of Champions gift shop. Yes, that's right. The Hall of Champions is large enough to have its own gift shop. Unfortunately, a lot of the public can't get to this gift shop where these cool t-shirts reside. So, as an alternative, we have set up an online store at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash KOTF podcast, where you can get your very own Keepers of the Fabe logo t-shirt, the Tope Suicida shirt, a huge hit with all the marks, and our first show reference t-shirt, Chekhov's Table. As referenced in the first episode, John Cena versus RVD at Extreme Rules, it's wonderful, it's fantastic. If you have a torso and you're a fan of wrestling, it's a win-win. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash KOTF podcast. Wasn't that a wonderful sponsor ad we just heard um shout out to us shout out to uh, our sponsors tula mics um also prowrestlingtees.com forward slash kotf podcast um get it get some shirts get the tope suicida shirt get the keepers of the fabe 
official podcast shirt. Get our first show reference shirt, Chekhov's Table. Um, I think we uh, we both had uh, had some positive uh, feedback on that last one. Um, we have one more spot to fill. I'm trying to figure out what design we can uh, we can do for that. So, uh, guys, um, guys and gals, uh, non-binary pals as well, um, chime in. Let us know like what sort of shirt you want to see. Uh, we're all about the feedback and whatnot. So, um, let us know on our Twitter, our Facebook group, uh, the Instagram, um, wherever you may find us on the internet. Uh, let us know what sort of shirt you want because we really want to sell you guys shirts. Uh, we really want to make money off these shirts, honestly. Um, but I digress. Uh, so the sauce. And Jeremy, I have to, I have to, uh, have to commend you. You did really good right now. You, you ran at about, about thirty percent ums. <laughs> yeah, You're doing dude. Better. You're yeah. Doing better. Your ums are coming. Yeah, down. same, same for you, man. You, uh, you've really, you're really getting, getting a hold of those things. I'm, man. I feel like I feel like the 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 first two episodes we did, we were like. We were at steady 80% ums. Uh-huh. Uh, now I've got to work on my... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to work on that so, now, so... But right now, right now, yeah, just coming after the break, coming in, I was like, wow, he's he's going steady at a 20, 20% ums. That's pretty good. Man. Good for him. What did so, Marty think? Was Marty like, wow, he's really improved? He's asleep. That's all that matters right now. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get this show on the road. I am bringing to the table my match. Um, there we go. There we go again. Now I'm gonna just continue to be uh, ever, ever so, uh, so, so mindful of it. One of the greatest match. I think it's. Is it the greatest match of all time? That's a. That's a. That's a very broad question. <laughs> Well, it could be for me. He's considered uh, the bridge, you know. This yeah. is this is what set it off. Yeah, this is this is uh, this brings Stone Cold to the main event. Mm-hmm. You know, he already had the three sixteen coming up. This yep. is King of the Ring. Yeah, this is this is the bridge. This is the this is the moment that that. The fans are going to get totally behind him, and it's off to it's off to the moon. Yeah, that's why that's why this is We're important. This races. is like why it could be one of the greatest because it's it's an importance to somebody's career, and and that match is WrestleMania 13 at the Rosemont Horizon, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart in an I Quit match. Man, I. I watched this. I mean, we've had a couple of delays on this uh, this particular record, so I got to watch this match a few times. And let me freaking tell you, God, it never gets old. It's so good. It is so good. Um, man, what are your, what are your thoughts on this match? How, how do you feel? Do you remember watching it for the first time or anything like that? I remember see, I remember we went to a friend's house and we saw this like live on the pay-per-view. And hell yeah. Um Black Box. Black Box, yeah. The Scrambler. 
Yep. yep because oh yeah baby and, and then i was like i got a blank tape and i just just go to my friend's house and just record the pay-per-views and i just watched the pay-per-views over and over and over so ecw and all this stuff so this is one of the ones i had oh hell yeah and i just remember um you know and it's one of those you just have it playing and and, and you know as a kid when you're studying and getting into wrestling and stuff uh you just have it on like, Hey, I'm just gonna put this and you just have it on the background and you know, every cue, you know, every signal, you know, every, yeah, just having it on the background, every spot. Yeah. And, and the calls and everything like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. so it's been mm-hmm. years since I've like revisited it. And, uh, it's just as good as when I, when I saw it the first time, man, it really is a uh, little bit of background for this one. Um, couple of, couple of facts up top. This match almost didn't happen. It's interesting because this was supposed to be a rematch with uh, Shawn Michaels, but Shawn Michaels infamously lost his smile and Shawn vacated the WWE Championship in February 97 at In Your House. The final four pay-per-view in 1997, Bret Hart won the vacant WWE it's it's like that Marvel What If show. Like there is there is that alternate universe where DVR versus Sanjina, as we talked about in the first episode, um, there exists in that same universe the Brett versus Sean match. And Stone Cold is not a superstar. Isn't that wild to think about? Yeah. There's a, there's all kinds of scenarios like that. If this didn't happen, this didn't happen. This and just like uh, yeah, yeah, just like uh, when we explained in the first episode with with RVD and Van Dam, you know, it started with WCW versus you know uh, WWF, <laughs> and then this happened to this. It's all a domino effect, but you mm-hmm. know, it's or the butterfly effect, you could say. And then you know, what if what if Stone Cold didn't come out in the King of the Ring? You know, what if you know. Who would have taken? Yeah. Who would have taken over? And uh, yeah, but Jake the Snake still has a career and he's sober, right? Or maybe just drunkenly still being in the ring. It's it's who knows? It's one of those things of everything happens for a reason. Exactly. Yep. A lot of wild conjecture, but man, every, everything that did happen had to happen, and it's just so perfect. Ken Shamrock was added to. Uh, was added as the referee to basically make this I quit match more legit uh, as he was a world's most dangerous man at this time. He was a UFC fighter and he would debut uh, just a few months later, but this was kind of like a small tease that no one really knew about. And I don't think like, I mean, dirt sheets existed and stuff like that, but the internet wasn't as prevalent. So a lot of people were like, what's Ken Shamrock doing here? Then he premieres like two months later as a full-fledged wrestler, and you're like, what the hell? He was just at a pay-per-view as a referee. What does this all mean? That's kind of an interesting thing. Um, Austin says this was basically, by and large, for most part, called in the ring. Shout out, called in the ring crew. Is that where you guys got it from, or is it like, where did that originate? Uh, it was actually the manual that originated the term, just just the group of us that trained together and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, the, the old wrestling philosophy is called call it in the ring, which is, yeah. you know, fill out the crowd, you connect with the crowd and you adjust accordingly to yeah. what, what the crowd's feeling. And, yeah. um, and you call it out there, you know, and I understand 
that you know wrestling evolves and but storytelling is still storytelling you know and yeah i understand that there's more complicated spots and there's more skill a lot more athleticism than it used to be um oh yeah and and of course you know there's stuff that you know has to be called called it somewhere somewhere else mm-hmm. but still noting your fundamentals and how to call it in the ring because sometimes that stuff doesn't work and yeah. if it doesn't work, you got to know, you got to know how to grab a hold. Yeah. So, uh, so call it in the ring is, uh, always fine with me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. If I, if I wrestle somebody and I'm just like, if you want to call it out there, I am totally cool with that. And they're like, that's yes. awesome. And like we're good. We're going to have fun. So, yeah. So yeah, that's, it's a great philosophy to have. Yeah. Just call it in the ring in life. That's that's what we want you want you listeners to do or are fabeful. Call it in the ring every day. Call it out there. But then, don't, don't do it like like rob a, rob a bank or anything. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. don't do that. Yeah, we're, we're, just, we we do not yeah, endorse just, or condone any illegal activities under the banner of call it in the ring. Um, it's a very wait, fun drop phrase. five grand in my mailbox if you do drop five grand in my mailbox if you do. Yeah, I mean, if you you can definitely call that. But moving on, Brett and Austin only wrestled about ten matches together, and five of them were like singles matches. So they were still kind of feeling each other out at this point when they took this match on. And another great thing that you'll kind of notice with with this match is it essentially ushered in what would become the Attitude Era. Like you said, this was kind of the bridge. This did bridge like Stone Cold to stardom. This, you know, bridged this new era of wrestling. Because it was still very PG. You know, Mr. McMahon was, you know, Vince McMahon and very kind of, well, you know, I I don't I don't know. He he didn't turn into this yet. You know, it was one of those things. And another thing was that the Mr. McMahon character was actually invented leading up to this match. Uh, during one of the raw tapings that Brett smacked Vince in the ring after that, uh, after that cage match where, where he got screwed and it yeah, really he, stuck. I remember that. I remember that happening. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, cause I was like, what? 13 or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, Oh shit. You really hit him. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> so you, and, it, and this is what it does. It, you want to, it wants to blur that line. And next thing you know, it's like, What's going on? I need to keep watching. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that that was like the impetus for like the the villain that, you know, is very prevalent now even. I mean, maybe in a little less, uh, maybe in a more frail form. But, you know, the Mr. McMahon that, it, that got exploded, that, you know, did some outlandish stuff. Like the, uh, it's me, Austin. It was me all along. Like that guy. Because... Brett hit him in the face in the ring and just embarrassed him. It just stuck with him. Speaking of Attitude Era, this was during kind of the no blood policy. The iconic spot towards the end where Stone Cold is bleeding. That's a thing that wasn't supposed to happen. And it's interesting because Stone Cold was a new guy. He had spoken about this and, you know, they were going over this entire thing, they were kind of calling it. And, you know, Vince had said, this needs to end in the center of the ring. You need to just pass out from the sharpshooter. And, you know, Brett 
kind of said, this needs color. Stone Cold being more of a newer guy, he was like, yeah, that's great, but, you know, you know, there's no color policy. And Brett, being the stand-up guy he is, question mark, um, said, I'll take care of it. And that's just like one of those vets taking care of like the rooks and taking the heat for this entire thing. It's we're, we're all the better for it. Honestly, it's one of the things that don't worry, Steve, I'll cut you for free. Yeah, no, no, don't, don't worry. Don't worry about the consequences. I mean, I'm going to do it, but uh, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's okay. This would be the 12th consecutive WrestleMania appearance for Bret Hart. That's, that's some kind of record for sure. I've, I've got to look it up. I've got to get our, our researchers in the library to double check that and we'll get back to you. But also, the last WrestleMania appearance for Brett up until WrestleMania 26. Man, 13 years away. A lot happened in between those 13 years. Uh, most famously, a screw job in Montreal, which we may talk about at some point. Just that's a great story all in itself. But I'm going to go ahead and get to my spots and thoughts. All right. So, like I said, shout out to the editing team. More of the modern era of WWE because they really do put together these trailer-esque things that really get you invested and compress so much story. This, you know, back in, you know, back at WrestleMania 13, like in the mid nineties, that wasn't a thing. Like it was very matter of fact, like we're going to, we're actually going to view this hype package and we'll, uh, we'll see if we can go ahead and put that in, uh, in post, but let's go ahead and have a look at it and we'll kind of comment on it. Uh, as we go, this guy, Imagine, for over a decade, you that voice, that of your profession through sweat and dedication, you burn the respect of fans, friends, and even your adversaries. Then <laughs> you walk away. When you return you six months later, nothing is the same. I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. I've been screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've been screwed by the World Wrestling Federation. Hell yeah. There are no friends. There's kind of a new motto in the World Wrestling Federation. You scratch my back and I'll stab you. I've been screwed. There is no respect. Everybody in that You suck, Brad. Well, these cuts to like these cuts to like full color to black and white are so like Yeah, and then it wasn't good. Is a man who spits in the face of your every accomplishment. Ever since you came back. Wasn't there a gimmick where Bret Hart like put Stone Cold in the sharpshooter for like three seconds. I think so. I I, I... remember it was like they come back for commercial. And he still has him in the sharpshooter. He yeah. Go, and he held it on for like ten minutes or something like that. Yeah. Oh man. And they, and they remember something too where he got Greg got put in the ambulance. Yeah. And Stone Cold was driving the the van. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do vaguely so remember that. He's attempted attempted murder on Triple H. He attacks his wife. Here he is, just picking on Canadians. Man, his his brutality knows no bounds or borders. Cold is a bully. The finger is pointed at you. Oh man, but yeah, he invaded Brian Pillman's house. Yep, Brian Pillman. Stone Cold is a bully. Brian Pillman stood his ground before that was a thing. They say your ego is your. He enemy. had no choice. What happened to you? There's only one solution to awaken. <laughs> oh this man, but you must back to this hype package. package. Holy, my legacy. notes here. You literal hit piece on the hitman. I mean that guy. Bones. 
was that was just such a great VO from that investigative journalist. Just you know, imagine you leave your job and you come back and some asshole has taken your place. What do you do? It's all your fault. You suck. The company's moved on. Not only that, he's from Texas. He's a bald-headed hick from Texas. You're a you're a smart Canadian who's a great technical wrestler, but nobody wants to see that anymore, Brett. What do you do? <laughs> you attack your boss? Wow. Way to go, pal. I wouldn't have done that, but I'm just the VO guy. Anyways, oh boy, those, I don't know, It like, it, was that editing style, like, did that kind of continue into the Attitude Era, or was it just like, did that guy get dropped and it was just more sizzle reel, like a bunch of crazy clips, and they let all that action speak for itself? I think, that, yeah, the progeny got way uh-huh. better after that. I think this is like the first experimentation yeah. of that, and they try to give it that big fight feel, because it felt like it was like a, like a boxing match, you know, like... You know, this is what's happening, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, and uh, just, you know, just you get to score, of course, the hype packages going forward, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's going to be bangers after that because sometimes it's like, it's not even the match. It was like that hype package was yeah. awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think this is like the first experimentation. It was kind of weird with the editing and stuff and like, wow, what are they trying to do yeah. here? <laughs> it, it it really spoke it's to like what though. what the uh what the climate was at the time cuz i think around this time a current affair and like 48 hours were really big so you saw a lot of that like imagine exposé <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's it's it, it it's an interesting hype package to look back at now and kind of see the evolution of where they were back in like the nineties when this was still kind of, I don't want to say it was a rinky dink operation. Cause I mean, WWF was around for a while, but it's just like, there's not a lot of production value in some of this stuff. And you can tell, and we'll, we'll kind of get to that. But uh, moving on, you know, we have the great, the great Fink introducing our guest referee, Ken Shamrock. And, Holy shit, this has to be peak Shamrock because he was dubbed the most dangerous man in the world by ABC television, as Jim Ross informs us. And he uh, comes out sleeveless referee shirt, the 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 striped shirt and basically biker shorts and Asics. And my notes here. I love how I love how pro wrestling just oozes homoeroticism i mean it's but it's still cool like that entire outfit was painted on him it's just lycra they painted lycra on him and it's like if i were that fit i would fucking wear. oh yeah (laughs) no no honestly same (laughs) like like, i feel like i could wear Mm -hmm. anything (laughs) and i would wear a skin tight referee outfit (laughs) if i was as fit as kid just going around saying let's get it on Right. Oh man. Uh, interesting note. Interesting note. I saw uh, 1999. I was at a WWF house show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the house show entrance is just a curtain, yeah. and my brother got his tickets, and we were like one foot away from the curtain. Oh wow! And Ken, Ken Shamrock. I'm not going to get into the details with the big thing, but Ken Shamrock comes out of the curtain. The guy is five foot four, but he's also probably about five foot eight 
wide. Yeah. Like he is short, but he is like, he's like a walking wall, mm-hmm. a short wall, but he's walking. <laughs> and I'm just saying that just to get it like of his size, it's just like, I've never seen somebody so wide, like his shoulders yeah. and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, that man is very fit. Yeah. My uh, one, one thing I gotta, I gotta say about like his walk to the ring and basically his physique at this time. He looks like a He-Man action figure. It is built like that, right? With the little short legs and the long arms. His arms are just bowed out, and it's just these gigantic quads and this, like, V-shaped chest. It's like a triangle and a tiny head. Referior. Oh, my God. That's his He-Man character, Referior. Referior, yeah. He's got a sword for some reason. It's interesting. Now I can't get it out of my head. He's built like a He-Man doll. Yeah, I've uh, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna make a custom Ken Shamrock He-Man action figure, and it's just basically gonna be anatomically correct, even furry underwear and Ken everything. Shamrock. Ken Shamrock's built like a He-Man. <laughs> I would have had him. I think my dad would have bought him if like he'd have been like, ah, I can't find Skeletor or any of the other guys. This guy's like three bucks. Okay, <laughs> happy birthday, son. <laughs> Love you, dad. Um. Next up, man, one of the best entrances of, I mean, this really does usher in Stone Cold as a main eventer. He gets his own custom kind of entrance, like the Austin 316 glass and shatter effect here. And just a huge pop after that once he comes out and he just makes that walk to the ring so determined. It is something to behold. Like, it's... It's fantastic, and we get what I'm calling contemplative Stone Cold. Like, once he gets to the ring, you know, he kind of, you know, meets Shamrock, and he talks to him for a second, but then he just kind of goes to one of the one of the posts, one of the corners, and just thinks about what's about to happen. And it's only, it's not that long. It's not that long of contemplative Stone Cold, but it's long enough where you kind of, you know, once you figure out everything that's going on, what the the mental preparedness he has to do in a short period of time while Brett makes his walk to the to the ring, we get we get right into it. Once the bell rings and you know the uh, the stage is set, no lockup, just straight punches, and it sets the tone that this thing is going everywhere. Interesting, interesting on this because even like the match I watched, it goes to straight punches, and then I was kind of looking at more stuff. And uh, Stone Cold did say something like, I can't remember the last time I started a match yeah. with a lockup. And every time he goes to the match, he's yeah, just swinging it's just fists. Throwing haymakers like, in that, the dark. And I'm like, that's fucking, that's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So if you watch that now, it's like, wow, Stone Cold literally just goes mm-hmm. in swinging every, every match. It's like, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty cool. If I, yeah. Yeah, so the rattlesnake continues to strike and this thing goes outside of the ring immediately and it's just continues like I mean it's just like they literally just fall out of the ring and just continue to keep punching. It's it's really something and we get we get our first kind of botch here. There's that guardrail drop right in front of the uh, Hall of Famers like Stone Cold just basically sets him down. And Brett basically catches his thigh on there and he's like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me readjust. And then he kind of bounces down and he's like, oh, my crotch. 
It was a good save in front. It's in front of uh, two Hall of Famers, Captain Lou Albano and uh, Tony Atlas. And man, Tony Atlas is still freaking jacked at this point. And he's wearing like he's basically another He-Man figure in the front of the ring. He is. He's he really a is. Figure too. His name could be Cellophone. <laughs> Cellophone. Please tell me you get this reference. I do. <laughs> I do. Cellophone. <laughs> I need a moment. Okay. I do too. Okay. Just so you know, Tony Atlas was on an MTV documentary called True mm-hmm. Life. I remember this now. About being about being a pro wrestler, and he was trying to promote and book a show, and in all the commotion, he couldn't find his cell phone. So he's walking around. He's like, "Does anybody got a cell phone? Yes, okay. I need a cell phone. Somebody give me a cell phone." Okay. Anyway, every time I hear the word cell phone, I th- or, or I think Tony Atlas. Every time I hear Tony Atlas, I think of the word cell phone. So his He-Man character will be called cell phone. I, I, I do, I do remember that now because he's like, "Yeah, we're, we're gonna get <laughs> get on the horn with this guy." He calls the phone the horn. I need to. I have not seen that True Life documentary in years. I need to find that and watch that again. I bet it's on YouTube, uh, but also if you have Paramount Plus, like they have quite the archive, and I think they have a lot of oh, True Life cool. stuff. I think I we saw, or maybe it was Tubi. I don't know. We'll we'll uh, I'll find it. and I'll send it to you. But so they have it. They have it. On, they have it on the PP. Yes, the PP. Not on the cock. No. It's on the PP. And we come to like a a huge segment of this match and it's great. And I don't, are are we just, is there a running theme of us doing matches where it just goes into the crowd? Cause this happens again. I mean, we had the one night stand with RVD and John Cena, but it was really brief. That was a brief, uh, brief brush with the crowd. This thing goes from the front row to probably like the upper deck, I think. Like, I mean, you know, it it gets almost to that second level, but there's just they can't follow it. And Vince is like, we're 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 trying, we're trying, but we can't, you know. And they have cameramen there, but it's just it's really chaotic, and you just see it from very far away, and you have to kind of like it's almost like a magic eye picture for for moments of of it. <laughs> You have to really like relax, but also focus. And then it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm seeing an ass whooping. Okay, that's cool. No, that's a sailboat. I think I think that's that's uh, that's Stone that's uh, Stone Cold's trademark now. It's just let's take yeah. it into the crowd. That's I think anything. Re- yeah. Uh huh. I don't. I I can't think the last time I saw a Stone Cold match that was like like in a main event or a featured match that stayed that in the didn't ring. Go in the crowd. Yes. <laughs> But there's there's some great there, there's actually a great physical bit here where there's like a a drink guy, a concessions guy that has like that gigantic, uh, that gigantic tray of drinks that he's you know he's hawking or whatever. Stone Cold just grabs <laughs> one of those sodas, takes a sip, and then just like throws it at Brett, and it's a wonderful spot. Like I it that was probably some great improv. Like Brett's hair's already wet, so it's not gonna matter. When I think wet hair, I think of Bret Hart and I think of Roman Reigns. And when they when they get stuff in it, it really doesn't matter because they were just going to be shiny anyway. I have uh, li- lyrics to the Roman Reigns. <laughs> and it's about it's about him having the wettest hair. Yeah. Uh, 
I'll sing it to you later. Okay. Please. Then we get a great uh, a great move here, a back body drop onto like the steps, uh, like in, in between the aisle and stuff. It's just like great, and you can you don't get to see it, but like they really sell it that like you know it's like they're there the back body drop happens they're not there and then you just hear the crowd oh there was a drunk santa claus guy that was also in this in part of the crowd yeah like i think lawler makes mention of it oh also mcmahon lawler and uh jim ross great great team to call this entire thing was a uh, was McMahon in the tuxedo or was he in the in the denim jacket already? oh man the denim jacket was a raw look I mean, that was like, was I'm the cool the boss. Look. I'm the cool boss. Like, hey, I'm here with my employees, but, you know, I'm I'm a cool, you can call me Vince. Go ahead. How come nobody's rocking those now? Like The 90s are making a comeback. You know, and Well, now the early you 2000s. You know how wrestling's kind of, yeah, like 90s wrestling, like, like shirts and stuff are kind of in fashion now. Can you imagine somebody's like, I'm rocking the raw denim jacket. For real. <laughs> with my Jordan 11s. Hell yeah. I think that's going to be a Tony Khan look like probably next week. Tony, if you're listening to this, please make AEW denim jackets. That'd be great. That I just like, I'm just going to do the Vince McMahon 93 raw look. Yeah, please. Black denim jacket, turtleneck, Jordan 11. Hell yeah. All right. (laughs) I'm I'm done. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So back, back to it. Uh, Shamrock is what, uh, what I, what I noted was, is a great crowd killer for this like whole thing, along with the security. I don't know. Are you, you familiar with what a crowd killer is? Yeah. It's uh, basically, I, I kind of grew up like, you know, my formative years back in, you know, back home. Um, I'd go to a lot of shows, you know, we'd go to a lot of like emo, punk, you know, indie hardcore shows and stuff. It's more prevalent in like hardcore shows and like metal shows. But, you know, the, you have the pit and, you know, there's people going nuts in the pit and stuff. But there are guys, guys and some girls sometimes that are stationed kind of around the pit, like where, you know, innocents are. And they basically kind of keep the peace. And if guys like end up bumping into them, they'll like push them back into the crowd, you know, back into the back into the pit so that there, you know, that there's no like. There's no casualties outside of the pit because everybody just wants right, to have a good right. time, enjoy themselves, yeah, yeah. listen to some grungy, you know, greasy metal and, you know, not get an elbow in the face and break, you know, get their nose broken. And uh, shout out to all those crowd killers uh, out there that like there are crews of guys like that that go to like metal shows. You know, they're usually kind of like biker types, but they uh, they kind of maintain the peace. Yeah, that's cool. It's it. I think I think they did that yeah. for Avon one time. Now that I think about it, because Avon a couple of years ago mm-hmm. broke his foot, and they had tickets to Slayer, so Avon went in the pit, and they kind of like made a way for him. And there was like guys making a way for him, so he yeah. could get the pit with a broken foot and crutches. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to the crowd killers, man. So yeah, they were watching. Yeah, they were watching out for him. So I guess, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. I guess he's, I yeah. guess I've heard of this before. It's That's a, cool. They're kind of like the guardian angels of the pit, you know? Just want to make sure everyone's having a good time. But, like, also, like, security and Ken Shamrock really did keep a tight perimeter to make sure that, like, none of the fans, like, really got into this. Unlike that uh, segment we talked about earlier with the, 
that insane fan that just kind of rushed into the ring. We get back into uh we kind of get we're getting back we're we're move, making our way back to towards the ring. Not completely there yet. Uh great elbow off the guardrail from Brett. Brett had his own unique style with like that uh that elbow, kind of like the tucked knees like and then just jutting the elbow out. Right, and he probably he crosses the other arm and he looks like he's doing the Come mm-hmm. on, ride the train. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but he doesn't switch the arms. Uh-huh. He just stays on one arm, and he's just like, "Yeah, ride that choo choo, choo choo ride." But uh-huh. I know exactly uh-huh. what you're talking about. If that's if, <laughs> if, if any wrestling fan knows that unique, like if if Brett ever got like some sort of a jump man, you know, Michael Jordan silhouette, it would be that elbow, you know, midway in the air off the second rope that he usually does. He just punishing that'd be perfect for brett's silhouette but knowing him he'll still be like no let me just put somebody the sharpshooter because like the real heads would know that that particular let me let me market your shit for you brett (laughs) come smoke a blunt with me let me give you a shirt idea we'll make money make some money baby from that we get austin whipping uh whipping brett into like the stairs like uh the the steps on the other side uh, something i noticed about the perimeter around the ring and maybe you picked up on this but it's a lot smaller isn't it oh it's closed in right and there's no uh the the black padding mm-hmm. around the rail it's, it's just all guardrail but it's like the distance right. between like the guardrails and the ring and that little you know the mat area around it feels way smaller it's like oh yeah yeah I've, and i think I think also it's just uh, uh, they weren't aware of like using that space so much at that mi- at that time, and now it's like, yeah, utilizing it, and then now they have bigger because yeah. they have more padding now. So I guess they have to compensate for the for the space the padding's taking up on the on the guardrails too. So that maybe yeah, they do and that that's white. that's kind of what I was talking about. How it's kind of like WWF is still kind of a Mickey Mouse operation in a way. Like they are they haven't figured out really production outside of the ring. In, in certain areas, like you'll see, like there's the spot, you know, there's a spot we'll get to later, but the announce tables are just folding tables. They're just regular like folding tables. And it's just like this drop cloth over it. There's no monitors. There's no, there's, there's not a lot of stuff. Like it's just, they're watching it with you and they're commentating about it. It's something to see really. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's just like, Hey, we're just, we're just do the bare minimum yeah. right now <laughs> and see what happens. But, you know, if, if anything, we're just going to have a guy just fall mm-hmm. through your table. And then we'll just stand up, and once this match is over, yeah. we'll go ahead yeah. and uh, get another table out here. Right. If a random wrestler goes through your table, it's not going to work out. Yeah. But at least somebody went through your table. And uh, we get, like, a great botch here. Like, Austin, man, this is this is great because, like, I don't know if this was improv, but it's like Austin's about to grab those steps and it's very WWE 2K21. Like, he just kind of, like, the weight, the the weight of those steps as he has them over his head, like, just kind of makes him fall, like, fall back. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. And he just drops the steps and he falls over. It is very much like the, the game mechanics of uh, WWE 2K21, one of the greatest games of all time. Kind of had that, that, Kind of had that waddle mm-hmm. kind of going in there. Yeah. And speaking of games, like one of the 
one of the things that makes this this match so great is I remember actually I think it's WWE 2K16 2K17 it's the one with Austin oh, on the cover yes I know what you're talking um about. they have the stone cold like story mode and you have to go through matches and you do you do the Jake the Snake match you know king of the ring right i remember this this is the next match right that you have to you have to complete like there are all the spots like you have to hit and it's like if that doesn't solidify this as one of the most amazing matches of all times that you have to replay it in a video game and recreate history you know beat for beat otherwise like you're done and you have to do it all over again i don't know what what else would qualify it man like i mean that's something like i mean i don't know like there's the Hell in the Cell match, obviously, you know, Mick Foley, but there was an entire game mode. Like, that was, like, part of your character development was this match. So it's uh, it's definitely something that you got to kind of keep in mind. Like, and we'll get to one of my favorite spots in that, uh, in, that, uh, in that match in the game and also here. We got a neckbreaker from Brett, which is very slow. It's a very slow neckbreaker. It's like, he sees Austin. He's like, all right, hold on. Okay. And we're going neck breaker. And then we get a second rope elbow from from that devastating second rope elbow. We just talked about from Brett that he did outside and he hits him with it. And, but Austin gets up a stunner immediately. We go to a finisher and it's a, it's a two count, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those early finishers that we think, you know, we know it's not going to end the match, but it's just, it just kind of gets the crowd riled up. And there's, there's a bit of foreshadowing here. I've noted that Austin crawls like towards the, uh, spot of the finish near, near the exact spot of that finish. I don't know if you noticed that at the beginning of this. Oh, part. getting into, yeah. Getting in position for, mm-hmm. for setting up. Yeah. Feeling that area out, yeah. We get to one of my favorite spots of of this match, and like I said, part of that uh, in that in that game mode in two K sixteen, two K seventeen, whatever that is. But the figure four post spot, holy shit! That like I can't I remember, remember. Go ahead. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, "That's fucking cool." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "That's fucking cool," and it looks like it it hurts. It hurts like hell, and it. Yeah, and and it's like that is that is the cruelest submission move I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and it's it was it was it's a very heel move too. Yeah, and I, and I thought that was great. Like Brett's literal execution, pun intended, of that is just, I mean, he gets it, and then he just leans back with all of his weight, and it's just, man, it's and he just doesn't let go. Like I mean, Austin is just flailing. Actually, that should be the Bret Hart silhouette. Yeah, that four the, the the figure four in the post that should be the mm-hmm. Bret Hart silhouette Just upside down. Yeah, let's make a t shirt. Let's make a t shirt. I think I could work on something like that coming soon. Maybe prowrestlingtees.com, KOTF podcast. But <laughs> the next great spot we have is the Pillman spot, the infamous Pillman spot, and. uh Brett gets a chair from outside and this is all legal. Of course, we're, we're told, you know, uh, normally a chair wouldn't be legal, but in this case, no, anything goes, you just got to make him say, I quit. And, uh, Austin is just gassed and, you know, completely tired and just beaten from that brutal spot on the post. 
and he's in the middle of the ring and Brett gets that chair and it's great because I think, I think it's here that Brett, like he goes and he gets like, he's about to grab like a WrestleMania branded, like one of those cushion chairs, those cushy chairs. Right. Right. It's like a, a different color from like though it's basically those chairs. Like if you ever, if you ever order tickets from like WWE, they have like this souvenir package where it's like a front row seat. It is a program. It's some sort of autograph or whatever, but you also get your own custom cushy chair of the event, like a WWE branded chair. It's one of those, uh, those things run for like $500 per ticket. It's insane. I'm not paying that much for a chair. I don't care how cool it is, but I digress. So the Pillman spot's about to happen. And this is, I really have to hand it to the camera people because they were really on this and like, they get that shot of the, of stone colds, like ankle inside, you know, sandwiched in between the chair. And, you know, it's just this great shot. Like it's almost a push zoom into it. And there's a, it's a, you know, Brett goes up and he's about, he's about to get up there and, you know, I think one of the announcers, I can't, it's like, I think Lawler's like, you know, don't, don't take too much time, Brett, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Austin just, you know, find, finds a second wind and gets up. And this is a great swing from Austin just to get Brett off the top of there, like have him hunched over and then just one more swing. And Brett kind of knowing like he's taken this shot, like even his fall is kind of orchestrated in such a way that it's like, it looks brutal. Like it's like, Oh man, he completely falls over, but he's still taking that like a bump. And it's really, it's, it's something to behold. Like once you kind of break the mechanics down of like that entire spot from Austin getting up to the hit to Brett, just stumbling over and it looking just like he's been, beaten within an inch of his life after two two chair shots it's it's crazy the uh like just like the the other match like the the crazy stamina on this it was just Mm -hmm. yeah they're they're going and it's uh even on the outside you know everything everything's gonna be snug and stiff but uh yeah i really like how uh well because this is this is like you know the feud so you know this is the hatred in here. This is the rivalry, and uh, you they uh, they display it really well. Yeah, yeah. Every every move really tells some like tells tells part of the story that's integral. Like every great spot is meant to be there, and it's meant to convey you know this push and pull and leverage and everything else. But um, I have uh, I have notes that uh, man. The the cut like once again shout out to the cameraman because they really focus in on the Hart family, Stu and Helen, and also Brett's daughter at one point when Austin is beating the hell out of Brett's daughter, the cameraman just gets this it's another iconic image, honestly. Um the the main iconic image of this is matches the bloody stone cold, but this uh this one shot of this little girl that's probably what maybe eight nine years old just covering her eyes in horror, watching her father just get beaten up, and uh, it's something. Also, Stu Hart is what ninety years old at this point, 
1996, whatever this is. So let's add, let's add Steve Austin traumatizing a child and traumatizing a family. Yeah. Let's just add that to the list. Just attempted murder. (laughs) What's his rap sheet at this point? Yeah. Attempted murder. Mm -hmm. Home invasion. Yeah. Assault. Uh, now this family trauma. I mean, imagine Alexandra Hart, Alexandria Hart's therapy bills after all this. And then at the end of this match, the people are going to fucking love him. Mm -hmm. So would you say like an anti-hero? Yeah. Big anti-hero, man. Is is that, is that, is that the true anti-hero guys? Like, God damn, he's done some fucked up shit. (laughs) He really has. And we love him for it. We salute you stone cold, man. But yeah, there's a there's a great like leg sweep that goes into a stretch submission, which is I I think I was watching something and they had like it's like a clavicle, uh, like a clavicle crusher or clavicle stretch, something like that. Like, but you know what I'm talking about? This particular spot, kind of like a nerve hold. Yeah, it's like he pu- he's pulling Brett's arm and then like he kind of like is also with his leg like. Like his knee, like pushing, like pushing yeah, yeah. his neck the opposite way, and it's just it looks painful as hell. Like and Lawler, man, Lawler is just basically a jackal in this match. He's like break his neck, break his neck. Oh, because he, he hated Brett. Insatiable. He, he's probably hated Brett for like uh-huh. yeah. I think the feud's been going like three years by that time. Hmm. Yeah, and this is before like. Horny Jerry Lawler. Yeah. yeah. Puppies Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Attitude error Jerry Lawler. Yeah. yeah this is uh, this is just all the innuendo coming out of his pores. Yeah. This is this is uh, just annoying Lawler at this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Remember he, he yeah he fucking chewed gum for like a month after kissing oh, God. Foot. Yeah. Oh man. But Isaac Yankum. We we get we get to a great spot here and I. Definitely want your uh, your input on this. I think you know what it is. Austin doing a Boston Crab. What's uh, what's your take on this? I mean, you're a big fan of the model Rick Martel. That was his move. Um, how does it how does it measure up? Uh, out of five Boston Crabs, I'd probably give it a three. Okay, because that's fair. I think it's it's more than I half. Think he didn't he didn't he didn't set it deep enough. Yeah, you know. When Martel puts it on, he goes for the kill. He really does. Just remember that. He hooks it. He hooks it in deep. Uh huh. He goes. He stretches. Yep. He goes for the kill, and that's why it works every time. That's why it doesn't work with everybody else. Yeah. Because Martel knows how to hook them deep on the knees. Man, is Rick this going to be the Martel minute? Is this our Martel minute? Rick Martel. Rick Martel, if you're hearing this. That is why you win with the Boston Crab because you're the only one that knows how to do it correctly. And that's why you're one of the best. I'm done. Okay. I uh I was gonna say like I, I Nobody really else will ever get five Boston Crabs. Only Rick Martell will get five Boston Crabs. <laughs> somebody somebody might get four Boston Crabs, but four and that's a cutting half. it really right. No, not even four and a half. I'm cutting it at four. But that four Boston crabs, it's still gonna be fucking trash because it's not five Boston crabs. 
Because it's not a Rick Martel Boston Crab. Yes. That would, I mean, decent. It's it's cutting it really close. If I say four Boston Crabs, it, it's, it better be a goddamn good Boston Crab. Yeah. But. I, I haven't seen it yet. If you if you somebody see shows me a four a four Boston crab a four claw Boston crab somebody we'll call it a four claw a four a four claw Boston crab if somebody sees a good Boston crab that's better send it than to Rick us Martel's, send it to us send it to I will rate it I will rate the Boston crab and it's official if I rate the Boston crab I will officially rate it so have an official rating from somebody that is a connoisseur of Boston crabs. I don't apply Boston crabs myself to people. Maybe if, if the situation calls for it, but I don't do Man, it. Man, I was going to ask like I, with your with your reverence. I might with your I could probably give it a 3 mm-hmm. crabber, a 3 crabber. Uh, what what I, on this on this crab. on this scale, I almost I almost called this an Austin crab because because Stone Cold Steve Austin was applying it. No, you can't change the name because he's only a, a two crabber. He can't even get a name change yet because his crabs aren't good enough. Stone Cold has horrible crabs. He does. It's Ask his, his ex-wife. Ayo. Martel came in. Martel came in and did a Boston crab and he changed the game. And then he got smart and he dropped that punk ass Tito Santana and became a superstar. Because he knew the Boston Crab was the most lethal submission move in fucking professional wrestling. You, sir, are a wonder. And I would have been very, I would have been very upset if Stone Cold won the match with just a two crabber just Boston a three crab claw, a two and a half claw Boston Crab. I don't know. Did we knock it down? You knocked it down. Upset. Yeah, because you said it was a three. three? You rated it at a three, and then I mentioned uh, Austin that... Crab, and you're like, nope, 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 nope. It's a two. Did I did I knock it down because I yeah. called it an Austin you... Crab? I caused him. I cost him a claw. You cost it. You costed him that because he was probably. If you thought about it, that means Austin thought about it at one point too. So if he thought about it, he's just as guilty. You ever you ever you think you ever th- you ever think that Austin and Austin and Martell are in the same place? It's like, hey. What did you think of that crab? What did you think of that Austin crab? And Martel just looks at him. Nope. <laughs> he kicks him in the nuts and he sprays <laughs> arrogance in his face. What does he do? And then, and then you know what he does? A five claw Boston crab. He puts him in a five star Boston fucking crab. Martel minute just turned into Martel ten minutes. I'm sorry. Exactly. I just want you to know that Rick Martel. The only person in the world that can win with a Boston Crab. Rick Martell, we love you. Just want to let you know. But Stone Cold attempted a Boston Crab. Yeah, he's a technical wrestler. That's what he does. He does technical moves like a Boston Crab. Maybe not as well as the model Rick Martell, which is the model for the Boston Crab. But he gave it a great effort. I'm still rating it a three. If you say so. If you say I'm so. rating it a three. And you can fight me next time you see me. It's on site. The only good thing that came out of this match is that Bret Hart left. <laughs> yeah. That that started the trail. Is like, Bret Hart, get, just get him out of here. Where were we? <sighs> Rick Martell derailed the show. 
He's not even. We're not even talking about him. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was supposed to be a Martel minute. He's not minute. even the focus. It was supposed to be a Martel He's not minute. even the focus. He's not even the focus of this episode. And we devoted 10 minutes. Was it 10? Yeah. Rick Martel, we love you. Ro- uh, the sauce loves you. I think you're okay. I'm sorry to derail. It's okay. All right. So let's go ahead and let's get the cut spot happens around this time. And I timestamped it. Um, Austin bleeds. Uh, it's not It's not technically the timestamp for the match, but uh, at the length of the pay-per-view, one hour and 39 minutes in, he begins to bleed. And this is that whole color thing where... Brett was like, yeah, no, let's let's do color. I'll go ahead and do it. It's fine. I'll take the heat for it. I get to cut you? Okay. And um, I actually got to see, like, kind of where uh, Brett produced the, uh, produced the blade. And then he kind of, he slowly, you know, he does it. He does the cut spot. And then it's like, you kind of see, like, he still has that blade on him because he's, he basically, you know, throws a fist at, uh, at Stone Cold and he's holding his hand in such a way that it looks like he is holding like an exacto knife or some sort of a blade and then he kind of he does the villain move and I I don't know this is a great thing with the cameraman like he does that heel move of like I'm putting it back in my trunk so no one sees it you think he cut his crotch oh man I don't know that's like that's like those guys like they put the razor blades at their mm-hmm. mouths no, man. I can't do that. Weird blading stuff, man. Yes. Brett the blade heart. No, can't do it. Ugh. And man, so blade me out. Like, here. and there's there's just an entire like it's just a I mean, it starts small and then it just continues to go. And it basically it's like Mikhail Gorbachev. It's like Gorbachev's birthmark at one point. It just spread across his forehead and it's something and it's that's only the start of the color because he continues to I think I clocked it at seven minutes seven minutes total would you be able to bleed for seven minutes it was was, I remember when I remember when I first saw that it was like like that's mm-hmm. a lot. And then and then you see the like kind of like the little spurt from yeah. his forehead. And then you're like, oh shit. That's like and I just remember just seeing that like mm-hmm. that's a lot. That's crazy. And then you see the little spurt, and then you're like, Oh shit, because you're still at this point, like you kinda know because you know, you kinda know what's going on, but not what's going on. So you thinking, okay, wrestling's kind of staged. Yeah. So you're thinking Man, that's that's fake blood, yeah. you know. But then you see that spurs like, oh fuck, he's yeah. really cut, and you see it coming like, down, and it's producing more and more and more. It's you like know? blood capsules. You and can explain like, oh. away, like as it being fake. It's like you know, yeah. The there have been like those guys that have like you know the Japanese wrestlers with like the black mist or whatever, or like you know you get you get a shot you know shot to the face and you have blood capsules in there. That's fine. And that explains a little bit of blood, but no, this was a continuous, like, you know, stream of just blood coming out of Austin's head. And it was a slow, slow go at first, and then it just kind of continued. I don't know, like, 
You think he was able to do that, like, kind of on command, like, when he was in that, in, uh, like, kind of towards the end of this match, like, he just, like, started yelling and, like, you know, just that vein continued to just pump a lot, a lot more blood. Yeah, he, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, they do, like, it's, it's yeah, they kind of mm-hmm. tense up. You can, you can feel it, like, you know, you kind of just tense up your face and it, it actually helps you push, push yeah. out, um. So, you know, and of course, adrenaline's going, everything's going, blood's mm-hmm. pumping anyway. Uh, you know, everything's oxygenated. It's, it's, it's going to, you're yeah. going to bleed. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. going to come out. And it's, it's kinda, and it's we get nice. a, uh, we get a sharpshooter from Brett here, but there's a break and we get into a corner and we get a nut shot and JR makes a Saskatoon reference just off the bat. That's why he's one of the best. He's just like, that's south of Saskatoon. And his calls are his calls are still legendary. I love, I love country humor. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. And you know, as uh, as as Stone Cold and uh, Jr. are friends, he's putting Austin over. He says Austin's a stud. He's a stud. I just I love I love Jr. really putting over his guys. And this was one of them. Old Oklahoma doing it for Texas, man. That's great. And. We get the trademark, trademark spot of any Austin match. Those wonderful corner kicks really does it for me every time. And I have a, uh, I have a note here that I was kind of comparing those kicks that they're so synonymous with this guy, and uh, I mean Austin, they're they're so synonymous with Austin, and they're basically the De Niro kicks of wrestling. Have you ever heard that term? The Robert De Niro kicks. You're okay. The Robert De Niro kicks. I don't believe I have. Yeah. It's that thing where it's just like, you know, you see Robert De Niro really going to work on a guy and it's just, he's the only guy that can really kick like that. And I basically conflate that with Austin, you know, those corner kicks, just the way he like pumps his foot. He just continues to pump his foot on the gas, like, and goes and goes and goes and then he'll stop. Maybe do a flip, you know, do, you know, add a little bit of flair, flip them off, and then just do some more kicks. It's brutal. And I love it every, every, every time. I love it. Are you talking about like when Robert De Niro did it in Goodfellas? Yeah. Okay. I was trying to think what movie it was that he was doing. Yeah, like Casino, Goodfellas. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. The Irishman. He did that in, good, in the Casino, too. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I was trying to. I was trying to get the reference. Visualize it. Yes. Yeah. And all I could think about was Robert De Niro getting blown up in casino in the Cadillac. <laughs> oh man. But casino. yeah, to have a to have an iconic move like what's your one of your kind of moves? I just you know fucking just boot a guy in the corner until he crumbles. Mm-hmm. I just jump. I just jump on a dude with my feet, just kind of one foot, just kind of jump, jump kicking this guy. And, you know, New Day kind of did that for a minute. Like, I feel like that was kind of an homage to Austin. You you remember the unicorn stampede from the new from the New Day? Yes. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Like, just. Yeah. That's a really cool unison move. It's like the 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 consistent tags and they just continue to do the Austin Austin kicks in the corner. Oh, it's such a such a great move. Once again, get well soon, Biggie. We love you. But Unicorn Stampede is is a great 
great homage to that. It's just times three. Austin kicks times three. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's like a uh, like one of those special moves in like Marvel versus Capcom when you have like the team yes. up moves. You tag in your partner and they like continue to like just beat the hell out of you. And there's nothing you can do about it until like they finish their move. Yes. I, such a such a great thing. I have a perfect example of that for wrestling. Okay. Which WrestleMania was it with Flair and Undertaker? Um Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. But is it eighteen? I think so. Eighteen. I think so. Eighteen. So there's a part in the match where uh Ric Flair uh nutshots Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, Arn Anderson picks him up, spine buster, and gets out of the ring. Hell yeah. And it was a Mar- it was a Marvel Cat Con tag team move. Yeah. That's the perfect example. Hell <laughs> Arn yeah. Anderson is the Capcom tag team, and it's fucking beautiful. I I now need to see Arn Anderson in sprite form just being tagged in to do like a spine buster. And that's like, it's yes. so devastating. And he just walks off the screen nonchalantly. Like and he pulls out a Glock and shoots him in the head. Yeah. He also just flashes the four horsemen real quick and then just walks off screen. Oh man. Exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what happened at WrestleMania 18. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll show recreation of that. We'll get an animated recreation of that as well. Once we, once we kind of get the budget up a little bit more, but there's a man, there's that modified superplex off the rope, like kind of off the, off the top, like, well, it's not off the top rope. I think it's like, there's a lot of second rope spots in this match. And that's really a Brett staple is all of the second rope elbows. And like, I don't know. Is, is that, is that devastating? Was that devastating to anybody other than Brett? Like thinking that was devastating. I think the second rope elbows devastating. Uh, and it's, it's Mm -hmm. really just your momentum coming down. Uh, any, anything you want to go off the off the top rope like that at that time yeah. is more considered a finisher than anything. You know, Bret Hart did, did the forearm off the second because it really was a finisher. It was more of a signature move or a setup move or anything like that. It was still devastating, but it wasn't yeah. something he was going to win a match with. If he was going to do it off the top rope and do that, he probably yeah. considered it a finisher. Because at that time, like everybody, yeah, everybody that was usually doing something off the top rope wasn't doing it as a signature. It was the Man. finisher. And then we kind of get a Vince McMahon disclaimer, not a Mr. McMahon disclaimer, but a Vince McMahon, you know, this is, uh, I, I can't remember what he says, but there's some sort of like, well, you know, we, we don't usually see a lot of this, you know, I think he's talking about all the blood and just the brutality of this match. And we get the microphone cord and the choke that choke that happens, uh, on like near the, Near the heart side, near the heart side again, once again, poor Alexandria Hart, Stu Hart and Helen Hart just watching a choke happen and, um, traumatizing the family heart breaking, if you will. That's a good one. Thank you. I'll be here all week. That's a really good, that's a really good one. (laughs) But we, uh. We get that choke, and then there's a sharpshooter. And this is basically the beginning of the end. I mean, and it's great camera work. Like, all of the camera guys and the directing on this is fantastic. They have all these angles, and it's so great. And, you know, it's 
it's that it's the start of that iconic shot and that that uh that minute of footage of like Austin just really really feeling this one but he breaks out of it that's insane Had, who who else at that point broke out of a sharpshooter oh i could i could even tell you at that time was it rick martel cuz they, they no <clears throat> they did have a couple of matches though i got to find them but uh-huh they had a, they had a couple of matches that i think Rick Martel was cheated, but we're not going to go into that right now. But I digress. We're we're at we're at. Oh man, <laughs> we're functioning at seventy percent. I digress. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I think I'm cutting that. Uh, You're doing good. Okay, so. There's that breakout of the sharpshooter, and, but Brett still has it on. And then he just kind of rolls it back and he reapplies it. Like, I mean, because they're both on their sides and then Brett just somehow finds that strength to get it back, like get back to a vertical base and then just really wrench down. And then this is where we see those great camera angles of Stone Cold and we just see, we just see, you know, Ken Shamrock. Say it, Steve. Say it. You give up, Steve. And it's just one of those things. But even the, like, Stone Cold just yelling and the agony. Like, it's all vocal. It's on his face. It's just everything about this is so amazing. And he holds on for as long as he can, but he's got the crimson mask on. Just all blood on his face. And... He passes out in defeat and he never said I quit. We got to remember that he never said I quit. JR, JR definitely hammers that point home and Shamrock calls a stoppage. That is basically the end of the match. Was there a puddle? Was there a puddle? Yeah, there is. There definitely is. Um, And there's like, that's kind of towards the end in my notes, but Brett goes back to the well and just starts wailing on Steve, man. Just real heel shit. Really, really leaning into the heel angle. Just saying, fuck all you guys. You like this guy? I hate him. And just stomping all over him. Shamrock's really trying to keep his cool. Keep his cool. You know, be a very, very chillax He-Man figure. Can't help himself. Grabs Brett a nice kind of side belly-to-back suplex applied to him. Then Brett gets up and Shamrock gets into fighting position. And he's like, come on, come on, come on. It's on site. Let's do this. And people want to see it. And then he makes that debut two months later. And uh, JR. I thought the crowd reaction, the crowd reaction on that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as he hits that that stance. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty cool reaction. Yeah, because they're like, "Oh shit, is this gonna happen? Is Shamrock about to lose it on Brett?" Because I think everyone's like, "Man, that fucking Ken Shamrock can take Brett." Like, and I, I'm pretty sure he could. Maybe even today, that could happen. One of the best uh, one of the best things. I mean, Brett leaves, and Jr. sums it up perfectly. A chorus of boos. From the crowd, 
It really is. It's just this wave of booze that freaking Brett is just it's a good line. Yeah. He's it's unbelievable. And an honorary mention for one of the most iconic images of this match. You know, we have the first place, which is Steve Austin, bloody as hell, blood from a stone. That was one of my, that was one of the t-shirts I always wanted to get was the bloody Austin 316 and blood from blood from a stone on the back of it. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, That's like there's a vintage t-shirt store here in Dallas. And they got like stone cold shirts like that going for like $50, holy shit. sixty dollars. Yeah, but it's crazy. It, but yeah, like vintage wrestling shirts, like Stone Cold's like it's like crazy how many people in Dallas area right now, and they're like they're like kids. They were probably like weren't born when all this was happening. Like Yeah. Bet Post Malone has a bunch of those. All wearing like Stone Cold the vintage Stone Cold shirts. That's pretty cool. Oh, I bet he would, yeah. And uh Okay, so back to that iconic image, but uh, Brett's leaving, and there's a guy that flips Brett off, and Brett is just really in heel mode, and he's just like, oh yeah, fuck you. It's like, if they could have gotten a better, like, if they could have just pulled out a little bit more, I bet there would have been enough for, like, there to be, like, an image of that, like, Brett giving a middle finger to a fan, which would have looked great on a shirt, I think. Yeah. I like how I like how uh, when the attitude era kind of starts, it's like, what's the most aggressive thing we can do right now? Let's just flip people off, mm-hmm. and they they use that middle finger so much. Oh yeah, <laughs> at this time, and everything's yeah. like middle finger because we can't say fuck you and we can't say this, but for some reason we. We could middle finger you to death. So that middle fingers used a lot at this time. And then Stone Cold comes to and stunner on an official. Just doesn't need anybody's help. Because that's what he fucking gets. Yep. That's what you get for trying to help Stone Cold Steve Austin. He ain't about authority. He don't want he he don't want your help. <laughs> and my second to last note is Stone Cold is leaving and there's a guy, there's a Japanese guy with long hair. This is in Chicago, by the way, like the Chicagoland area. So in my notes, I have James Ehaw, the guitar player from the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. And I I tried to Google it. It's, it could be a possibility. Because mm-hmm, Billy Corgan, Big Mark. I could totally see it. I could totally see it. I mean, you got to look back at it. I tried to get like a screenshot of it and it's just anytime you get any screenshots from the cock, it's just black. They, they don't let you screenshot. Did you try it on the PP? I didn't. They might, they might have an archive to. of true life. I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to check that out. But, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a guy, it's like a beanie and really long kind of like orangish blonde hair, but it's a Japanese guy, very pale and kind of really skinny face. It, it looks like James Ehaw. Check it. Check the tape. I swear it's James Ehaw, but I there was no confirmation of this. Like I googled it for probably about ten minutes to just like different different word variations, and there was no sort of like evidence or conspiracy theory that that was James Ehaw, like or his whereabouts. I guess I could cross reference their tour schedule. 
That's that's a lot of deep research. <laughs> it really is. Just to, just to say, Jeremy really doesn't know his. You know, I mean, he gets him confused. He gets he gets Asian people confused sometimes. <laughs> I I would like to add that this this WrestleMania. So I associate certain things with certain things, right? So when yeah, I think yeah. about this WrestleMania, like everybody thinks about the Stone Cold bleeding face WrestleMania thirteen, right? I associate this with the Nation of Domination entrance. Yes. Right it after this. The best entrance. It's the best entrance in the show. And it just look it's just a cool visual. I understand like what the gimmick was at the time and everything like that. But it's just a cool visual yeah. to see like this group has been like like twelve of them just coming in like this army mm-hmm. and it just it just looked hard. It just looked. It just looked awesome. It just looked like very intimidating, and it's like, what a great gimmick. I like. I like the nation of domination, and then it was like, great entrance. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's like for it's like Black Panther Farouk. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the leather jacket, the leather jacket. The, the he's just in like the black tank top and like those cargo like right. cargo pants, like the the tactical pants. And boots, and like the right. the black wraps around the uh, like his his biceps, and he's you know he's taped up and everything. God, I can't wait to do the Ron Simmons episode for us. Like we'll do, we'll probably cover Ron Simmons and Farouk for him because man, he had a hell of a career. Shout out Ron Simmons. Shout out Farouk. Oh yeah, shout out to that great entrance in WrestleMania thirteen. Mm-hmm. It saved the show. Yeah. And the very, very final note, you were talking about that puddle of blood. There is great camera work that just zooms in on this, on the site of where Austin just laid his head down and all this blood, you know, spilled about. And that's kind of the last image you get of this match. And it really sticks with you. And another thing. Speaking of that Nation of Domination uh, street fight, Chicago street fight that immediately precedes this, uh, that immediately follows this, they didn't turn the ring around. Did you notice that? Like, they didn't... What do you mean? Like They um, didn't have a backup canvas. Oh, no, they just leave the canvas on, yeah. Yeah. Ain't, no, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're just going to get it dirty again with that street fight. Yeah, true. Crush is really just going to, like... <laughs> Rub somebody's face just in it. The, Jailbird just crush. leave the blood there. Yeah. Just Brett's like, just leave the blood there. I cut him for free. Just yeah. leave it there. It's for everybody. Fi- my my final words on this match, man, everyone really comes out the way they need to be on this. Like Austin, tough as hell. Tough as nails. He doesn't submit. He bleeds. He looks like a badass. And Brett, complete heel. He, it this match serves its purpose for like his story and the trajectory he's 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 headed on. Ken Shamrock, he gets his licks in. He's a he's a very effective official, and you know it sets up his arc as well. Two months later, but you get that nice showdown for a brief second, and there's this real element of danger. It really is a five star all timer, except for that three that three claw Boston crab. We won't get into it. We don't have time. But uh, those are my words on it. What about two, you, Sauce? Two claw. 
Boston Crab. It was God a two-claw Boston Crab. Other than that, how do you feel about this match? Uh, like I said, like I haven't, I hadn't seen this in in years, and it's just you know, and, and, and you know you've seen it, but it's like all you really remember are the the moments. This is those like two or three, yeah, the two three moments, right? And then when you go back all these years and just watch the complete thing again, it's just like, wow, this match is a lot longer than I thought it was. And then, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, because all you remember are those like three moments. So you're just like, oh, this is how they get to here. This is how they get to here. And they're like, oh, I don't remember that. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, though. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things you study. Um yeah, and it was it was a great match. It was good to watch again. Well, folks, I think uh, I think that's gonna be about uh, about Dewar. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Sauce? We want to put this one to bed. Yeah, uh, unless we got some uh, sponsors to shout out first. Um, I th- I think we may have some sponsors to shout out. Um, let's let's take a quick break, and we're back. Wasn't that great, Sauce? Wasn't that great? Those great announcements from uh, from our sponsors, uh, i.e., us or whomever that was back there, but, uh, we love them. Uh, and we also we love pay the bills. We got to pay the bills. Yes, yes, yes. We love, we love their support. Uh, we love you guys. Um, and, uh, we'd love if you supported us by going to our pro wrestling tea store, which we have our three wonderful designs, the keepers of the fabe, uh, keepers, of the fabe logo, um, t-shirt. We also have the Tope Suicida shirt, which man, people are marking out for, aren't they? Oh, they're great. Uh, actually, yeah, uh, a lot of people love them. I've sold a, a few. Uh, if you see me out anywhere, I'll probably have them on me if you need to buy one. If not, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Tope Suicida. Uh, it's a logo. It looks like the Topo Chico logo, and uh, it's a pretty cool shirt. Yeah, we also have uh, our first show reference, which I'm very proud of, the Chekhov's Table, which was mentioned in the RVD John Cena episode. And uh, that's a wonderful little thing. Um, we're also getting some high marks on that. I, uh, uh, sorry, I'm patting myself on on the back a lot here. This uh, during oh, this forget, last segment. Don't forget Sammy Sammy Zayn in the uh, the match he had against the cast of Jackass. Uh, they had a checkoffs table. They did. I was waiting for them to they say did. it. I was hoping somebody heard that episode and was like, you know, that's a checkoffs table. But yep. yeah, maybe next year. It was a, it was a blatant checkoffs table. Indeed. Indeed, it was a jackass table. Like, yeah, it was like that was. was, I saw that table get pulled out. I was like, that's going to be used in about fifteen minutes. Indeed, (laughs) after Wee Man slams Sami Zayn. Oh, that was that was such that was such a great, uh, great, great match. Um, Also, check us out on Spotify, Anchor FM. Um, Let's see, Twitter, of course, where 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 it started all, where where everything started. the John Cena follow everything, all of our wonderful uh, friends and uh, fans that are over there on Twitter. Um, we have the Instagram and you can find all the links for all this stuff at our uh, link tree. You can uh, do link uh, link t- uh, tr.ee forward slash KOTF podcast or uh, any of those socials will have the link tree that links you to anything else. And uh I think that's it for our plugs. Um, you got any shout outs, Sauce? Uh, shout out to Texas Roughhouse Wrestling. Uh, we got our next event coming up on April 23rd. 
and uh, we're really excited for this one. It's going to be at the Harley Davidson dealership. Uh, they're have live music. They're going to give away six thousand dollars. So, yeah, fortunately, yeah, fortunately, I can't run into it. Yeah, I can't, I can't compete for it. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll just wrestle. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you're in Bedford, come check us out. Sweet, 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 sweet. Yeah, um, I just want to shout out uh, all the wonderful fans, uh, friends, family. Um, yeah, you, you guys, you guys are all great. Uh, once again, Leo the Incredible. He's uh, he's been doing some wonderful stuff for us uh, here recently. Um, our new, all, just all of our new fans that have uh, popped up in the Facebook group. Go check that out. It's starting to grow quite a bit uh, thanks to uh, the sauce. You know. His following. Shout out Avon Axel, also our uh, our wonderful model for the Tope Suicida shirt. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, the usual suspects. But uh, also, hold on a second, folks. This just in. Um, looks like we have a uh, special programming announcement for next week. Um, we are going to be doing Backlash um, because... WrestleMania Backlash is next month, and we kind of wanted to get into the spirit, and I think this is going to be the start of something where we review a pay-per-view once a month. Uh, how do you feel about that, Sauce? Oh, th- yeah, that'd be great, and, and you know, it won't be subjected to just uh, WWE pay-per-views. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll watch anything, and <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely, if you have any suggestions, uh, the Great Hall is, has a massive library of anything you can think of. And, um, if it, if we don't have it, then it doesn't exist. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, if you found a cool pay-per-view that you happen to like, and you want a different perspective of it or, uh, something you've never seen before. Yeah. We'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely take suggestions, but right now we're, we're going to, we'll do a, a backlash one. We just haven't picked one yet. So any favorite backlash pay-per-views, let us know. Yeah. Suggestions in the Facebook group on Twitter, uh, any of the socials, uh, just hit us up. Let us know. Also, oh, I forgot. Uh, shout out to uh, my buddy Octavio. He heard the podcast and he really loved it. And uh, he was just, you know, he 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 really put us over on uh, on Instagram the uh, the other day, and I was really happy about that. And I just wanted to say, uh, shout out to Octavio. He's uh, he's over in California. He has a band called Undercover Monsters. Uh, you need to check those dudes out because they're pretty rad. Because Octavio's rad, and he's in that band, and. Yeah, that's all I really got to say about that. Thanks a lot, buddy. Um, anything else, Sauce? Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to us. Really, really appreciate that. I hope my I hope my uh, calming voice soothed your nerves. Indeed, I I think I remember he said he said something about that. He he said he said the voices were pretty good, man. He also said like the commentary was great, the chemistry was good. So um, I think we're doing something right to according to at least one person. So we're gonna keep doing it, and uh, we'll we'll keep getting better at it, and. Um, if you don't have anything else, uh, sauce, you got anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Everybody, uh, be nice to each other. And, uh, just, just remember that, uh, when wrestling sucks, it really sucks. But when wrestling's good, it's fucking incredible. And also keep the fame. This has been a Pocket Universe production. Promotional consideration provided by Tula Microphones. For more information on Tula products, visit tulamics.com. Be sure to follow Keepers of the Fabe on all socials.